0: Thank you for joining Women Inseparable for the study in His likeness. May we grow in our ability to see others and ourselves in His likeness. Here's author and speaker, Jacqueline Palmer. First John. We're going to get into First John. We are on week four. Week four of In His Likeness. Week one, God. Have you spent time with just God? I know we did our first week. Have you done it the second week and the third week and the fourth week? Spending time with God. Week two, Jesus. We got to focus on Jesus. Don't we want to just do that every minute of every day? Just the sweet, sweet name of Jesus. are you spending time with Jesus? Week three, the Holy Spirit. We introduced the Holy Spirit into our study last week, and that was powerful, because the Holy Spirit is power, powerful. It has nothing to do what's happening in this chair. It has everything to do that's coming from this book. The Holy Spirit is power, and we are created in that likeness. I ended last week by saying, starting this week, we're going to learn how to evaluate people that are created in his likeness. We're gonna start with the disciples. Our goal this week is to study the disciples. We, thankfully, have a living book that tell us the story of the disciples. Some of what we can learn of some of the disciples is vast. Lots of information. Some of them, just a name. Interesting. All disciples. What we want to do before we start going out into the world and figuring out who is created in His likeness, how can we tell... And evaluating others, and I'm going to use the word evaluate because it sounds better, but sometimes we judge, oh, that person is not a Christian. (laughs) The timing of this book and this study is only God. That's just what I'm going to say right there. But we're going to learn how to evaluate the disciples. And this is why, this is what I love about how we see the disciples in scripture, They were so obedient to God when God told Matthew, write this book and write these words in the book, Matthew penned even the bad things about the disciples, the real things about the disciples, the pre-belief in Jesus about the disciples, the pre-receiving of the Holy Spirit about the disciples. Isn't that cool? So we get to study the lives of the disciples from the start of their Manness, see where Jesus came into their lives. We get to go into Acts and see how the Holy Spirit came into their lives. And then some of the disciples, we get to read their final conclusion of what happened in those years when they lived their life filled with the Holy Spirit. And we get to see their concluding statements at the end of their life. We get to hear how Paul feels at the end, we get to hear how Peter felt. At the end, we get to hear how John felt at the end. We get to learn what it looks like to go from point A to point likeness, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, standing ready to meet their King. This is what we get to learn about the disciples. We today get to study the disciples, the disciples who are created in the likeness of God. In your handout, if you got, have your, your thing that, I don't even remember what it was called, the starter guide that we had, there's uh, references. What you'll see for this week is references on meeting the disciples. Your personal challenge this week is pick one disciple. You may know which one you want to pick already. Pick that disciple. You may want to pray about it. Say, God, my heart wants to do Peter because I love Peter. Who do you want me to study? and study that focus on one disciple this week and learn from that person's life what it looks like what it felt like what it sounded like to be in his likeness okay it's a personal challenge so some of the references of the names of the disciples and when jesus called them is in your book in that paper if you don't have that paper uh Read. Oh, it's on the back table. If you don't have the paper, it's on the back table. These are things I know. Some, I, there's a lot I don't know. If you have a question, don't ask me. <laughs> I'll just point to somebody else. Uh, thank you for knowing things. I was going to say read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> <laughs> Look at <what> I see. <laughs> uh, let's pray, and then we are going to focus on the disciple that I got to uh, spend time with this week. Gracious Father, how good and how wonderful you are. Jesus Christ, we thank you so much for being the Son of God, for being the submissive Son of God. I thank you. I thank you for coming and for dwelling among us. Holy Spirit, I thank you for being so real, for being being in us. I thank you for introducing yourself to us, for not giving up on us for slowing us down when we want to go too fast and moving us when we want to go too slow. Holy Spirit, you're so faithful and you're so always, always communing between us and the Father because of our belief in Jesus Christ. The whole dynamic is overwhelming and we just say in awe, thank you. I thank you for giving us the the scriptures and the examples of the men that you chose to turn the world right side up. I thank you for letting us have those examples. I pray, that we will, I pray that we will grow in our evaluation process, that we won't do comparison, that we won't do judgment, but that we'll evaluate, not the man, but the process that happened because of Jesus, the process that happened because of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you will silence my words, I pray that you will shut my mouth if I... Go in a direction that it ought not go. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we will be in your scripture, that we will be in First John, and that First John, that his message will be proclaimed. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you are. In your name I pray, amen. amen. I love when our friends are here that haven't been here for a couple of weeks. My heart is filled every time I see the smiles in this room. I just love you girls. Can we just like celebrate today? Let's celebrate. <laughs> I am not a sinner. I am not a sinner was our phrase. Are we, do we sin? Yes, we do. Are we classified as a sinner by the blood of Jesus Christ? I know we are not. The scripture for that, look at this, 1 John 3, 8. 1 John 3, 8 says, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil? Sin. Jesus Christ came to take the very works of the devil, the very sin of the world, and bury it, take it to hell, silence it, stop it from being in existence upon his children that are created in his likeness. And he rose again, silencing sin, silencing the grave, silencing the devil, told the devil, go home. You were sent to hell by God. You wanted pride in heaven. What did God do? God silenced him and kicked him out. So Satan brought sin to the world. We know this with Genesis one. What did God do? He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. And Jesus came and lived and died on the cross with its sin that is on us. He put it on himself and he told Satan, you're done. Shut up. It's over. So God trumped Satan. Jesus trumped Satan. Then Jesus says to his disciples, I am going to ask my father to send you his spirit. And I'm going home. But my father is going to send you his spirit. Do you know the end of the story of the spirit story is not over yet? Ponder that. God kick Satan out. Jesus silenced the grave. The Holy Spirit is at work constantly. We hear the words spiritual warfare. You know what that spiritual warfare is? It's this battle right here that we see in first John. It's the Holy Spirit literally, literally In the fight, we know the end. We know the spirit is going to win. We know the destination and the end end all of Satan. Satan knows the end all of Satan, but the fight's not done. Satan is still fighting. And just as much as Satan is fighting, the Holy Spirit is standing strong. Where is the Holy Spirit standing strong? Where is he? The Holy Spirit is in us. Stop for that for just a moment. God conquered Satan. Jesus conquered Satan. The Holy Spirit has a game. His game is to conquer Satan. Where does the Holy Spirit live as he conquers Satan? He lives in us. Does that give you strength? Mm -hmm. So if the Holy Spirit is living in us, who are we to keep on sinning? How disrespectful is that to our Father? How disrespectful is that to our Savior, Jesus Christ? How disappointing is that to our Holy Spirit who has indwelled within us, who is fighting a fight that we can't even begin to comprehend? The Holy Spirit is power. You want to study the Holy Spirit, sweet friend, focus on the person in your chair. That's how you study the Holy Spirit. It is the most personal, most intimate study you will ever do on the Holy Spirit. We could do studies on the characters, on the passages, but the fact of the matter is the Holy Spirit lives in you. You are the topic of the study. You are the disciple. You. So as you learn to evaluate the disciples that we get to see of Matthew, of Mark, or not Mark, of John and Peter, you could choose Mark. Mark, a disciple is a follower of Jesus, so he's not one of the 12, but you have permission. And she's Mark, She's marked. It's the women inseparable. No rules. Evaluate their lives. And you're gonna see that you're basically evaluating you. It's the Holy Spirit. It's powerful. It's intimate. It's personal. First John three. First John three. As we go through today, I want to start in verse one. I got to pick John. John was my disciple. Peter would have been the one I picked. I love Peter. I, I, I'm, I'm a lot like Peter. I I know Peter. When he says things, I understand. I, I, I I love Peter. So I knew when I was going to do this, I knew who I was going to pick. And so then I prayed that God would be with me as I studied Peter. And God's like, no, do John. I'm like, okay, all right, I'll do John. So I studied the life of John. And saw where he was first called by Jesus and the boat, fisherman, known, reputation, anger, known, reputation, Jewish fisherman, known, reputation, his brother, who's known for being a fisherman, who's known for being angry. So he had two brothers that were well built and fishing for a living who had attitude issues. This is John fascinating. We know John is the one who received the revelation. We know John is the one who laid his head on the chest of Jesus Christ. We know John is the one who writes about love. But John didn't start that way. John was created John. And it's interesting how God created John as he was where he was and he had an attitude issue. It's interesting how God used that attitude issue to bring him closer to Jesus. God uses our weaknesses. To bring us to Jesus. Scripture says be angry. And sin not. Do you think John ever got angry. For the rest of his life. I think so. He was created. He had anger in him. I know a little boy. One of my favorite little boys. Not, not mine. Mine is obviously my top dog favorite. But this little boy I know. He's like 12, 11, I'm terrible with ages, terrible, absolutely terrible, I don't know how old anybody is, but let's call him 11 or 12. This little boy, when he was like one, had his first outburst of anger. This little boy has anger in him. He knows Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, he loves God, he prays with passion, he watches the news. (laughs) This boy has anger in him, and it's admirable to see. Because the older he gets and the more I hear from his mom, the anger is getting sharper. Have you ever seen somebody angry without sinning? It's powerful. Things move. The the righteous anger, the light gets to shine in places that you and I can't, I am not an angry person. I don't know how to demonstrate anger. When I get angry, I'm like, "Ah, so mad. I am I'm seriously I am so terrible I know my husband knows when I'm not in a good mood because I can't even say when I'm angry when I'm not in a good mood I get really quiet so he's like is everything okay yeah I'm fine and I'll smile I'm, I'm not I'm terrible at expressing anger this little boy is exceptional and thankfully he's under parents who are training him how to use his anger giving them scriptures about John and how John had anger and how God used that anger for good. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful. This has been my study of John. So as I've been studying John, I've been praying a lot for this little boy. You don't know his name. You don't need to know his name. But if you think of this little boy, pray for him because God's got big things for this little boy god's going to use that anger in a way that he can't use a passive person and god's going to use a passive person in ways that he can't use this angry person anger is not a bad thing it's a creation that's learned how to put under control when it's submitted to the holy spirit holy spirit could do anything with it he can turn it into love 1 John 3. So I started with John and I ended at the end of John. This is his final letter. He wrote this letter at the end of the first century. So he met Jesus at the beginning of the first century, like the 30, year 30. This is like year 90. That's how many years has passed. Lots of deaths have taken place among his brothers. People have gotten saved that did not know Jesus. They didn't know him personally because so many years has passed. This is what he's going to start saying. First John three, see what kind of love the father has given to us. Do you hear his words? Can you see exactly what he's saying? See what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And right then and there, he says the words, and so we are, sealed promise. The reason why the world does not know us, present tense, the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him, past tense. Got stuck on that for a little bit this week while I was reading that. The reason John says the world does not know us as the children of God is because they did not know him. They did not know Jesus. How easier it had to have been when Jesus was on earth and Jesus rose again for the disciples to be like, hey, come here, I wanna introduce you to Jesus during those 40 days in which Jesus was on earth. Let me tell you about Jesus, well, where is he? Come here, I'll tell you. And you literally introduce him to the man. Or Jesus ascended again and they could just that quickly say, do you remember Jesus was, was in Jerusalem? Did you hear him speak in Jerusalem? And they're like, yeah, I heard that. That's Jesus. That's the Messiah. Oh, that's awesome. I saw him with my own eyes. I touched him. He passed by me and I touched him. And there was physical connection with Jesus on earth in the flesh. But now it's been so many years. Could you even imagine being that close to Jesus? Could you even imagine? And now years have passed and they're entering into the first world of evangelism. Do you know Jesus? No. Where can I meet him? Well, huh? He's not here anymore. But let me tell you, once upon a time, Jesus walked among us. This is where he's saying, he's like, we're in this new season of life. We have to learn how to relate to the world in which We live. Do you hear that? We have to learn to relate to the world in which we live. John had to figure that out as the first disciple. We have to figure that out as today's disciple. Relate to the world in which we live. 1 John 3, verse 2, it says, Beloved, we are God's children. And what we will be has not yet appeared but we know. We know that we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him. We shall see Jesus as he is. You wanna know exactly what your likeness is? You'll see that one day. You need somewhere to sit this week. Life is hard, seasons are trying. You need somewhere to sit this week, sit there Say, God, I know we're studying in the likeness and I just need to pause for a moment. I need need to catch up for a moment. Some of us need to catch up. Some of us are in a hard season. Will you give yourself permission just to stop all the things? You're like, but I have personal challenges I have to do. No, you don't. You need to sit. You need to catch up. You need to know what your likeness is. And your likeness is going to be fully beheld when you see him fully. Just sit with that this week. Schedule time to sit with that this week. Put that in your calendar. Are you doing another hour fast? No, you can if you want. But just sit, sit and see. See that. Verse three, it says, and everyone who thus hopes in him, purifies himself as he is pure. For those of us that do have energy in us to move forward, those of us that are going to sit, sit, stay right where you are. Those of us that are ready, get ready. John gives us a personal challenge, not Jacqueline. Side note, don't ever say, I heard this woman say this sentence and it was great. I heard this woman tell me about the scripture and the scripture was great. Do that. That's my request. 1 John 3, verse 3, he says, and everyone who thus hopes in him, hopes in Jesus, purifies himself as he is pure. And I read that verse and my first question to John is how? How do I purify myself so that I am pure? It's a good question. If you're asking that question with me, Look at the rest of 1 John 3. He says, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Read that again. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know, so you want to do an evaluation of sin in the disciple's life? Look for lawlessness. It's a good evaluation. I'm going to evaluate a disciple. A disciple in the book and a disciple in my chair. What am I going to evaluate? I'm going to evaluate sin. What am I going to look for? For what sin is classified as? I'm going to look for lawlessness. So I'm going to evaluate. Verse 5. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. Do you know that? I love how John uses the word no. It's one of his favorite words in this letter. Look, read through as you read through 1 John this week. Look for the word no. And make sure you know everything he says that we know. It's good things to know. He says, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. You know that he appeared. You know that Jesus appeared in order to take away sins. To take it away. And in him, in Jesus, there is no sin. He took it away and came back in his righteousness. Then he says, no one who abides in Jesus keeps on sinning. We proclaim the words in the Holy Spirit by faith, I am not a sinner. And we look at verse 6 and we say, no one who abides in Jesus keeps on sinning. And we say it again and say, I abide in Jesus, therefore I do not keep on sinning. And then it says, no one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. The one who keeps on sinning, who has a habit of sinning, who proclaims their sinning, does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Do you see the difference? Do you see what you're going to evaluate? You're going to evaluate the disciple and you're going to say in that disciple, is their sin in that disciple? And at some points in their story, we're going to say yes. When we first meet Peter, when we first meet Nathaniel, when we first meet John, when we first meet James, they are sinners with a reputation of sinners. And then John, at the end of his life, says, yes, I was a sinner, but I did not keep on sinning. I did not do that, because how can you? Because the one who loves Jesus does not continue in the habit of sin. And how powerful for John, who was, had a reputation. He was known, his father was known in this town. He was known, and all of a sudden he was known, he was known, and people watched him and saw him and saw his transformation right in front of his eyes. That's powerful. Christian, there's people in your life seeing you do the same thing. I was a sinner. I was a sinner. I was a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner, I'm, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm a sinner saved by grace. And we walk in a door and we walk in a church and we walk in a Bible study and we go into our conversations and we go into our marriage and we go to our children with our heads hung and our shoulders down and we approach people with the sin on us. And we go into our conversations and we want to go tell somebody about Jesus, but Satan is playing games in your head saying, who do you think you are to proclaim the name of Jesus? Do you not remember this morning? Who do you think you are to sit in the midst of Christian women and pretend like you know anything? Satan says, I was with you in the car. I know you. We had these conversations. Satan pulling, pulling at you, making you doubt yourself, making you silence the name of Jesus Christ. And you sit there and you think, I'm not worthy to say his name. These people know me, they know my reputation. They know who I was, they know when I was, they know where I was. Good, good. They needed, some of those people in our lives needed to know who we once were. Cause then we could go back and say, do you remember that person I once was? And then you just smile. I heard the testimony of a man the other day who said, I used to not like the name God. I was a very spiritual person, but I didn't like the name God This his line. And then he pauses and he smiles and his whole face changes. And he says this, he says, now I can't stop saying the name God. And there's like joy when I say his name. Do you know how many people he can influence with that one sentence? I once was, and you know, I once was, you heard me. Avoid the name God. But now, now I can't even contain. I can't even contain it. This is John. John is saying there is a physical difference. There is a physical difference and allow that physical difference to be known, to be seen. And when we evaluate others, we see that difference in each other. Number seven, verse seven, it says, little children, little children, let no one Let no one deceive you. Paul refers to the deceiver as the deceiver. Satan wants to deceive you. And John says, don't let anyone deceive you. That thought in your head, don't let that thought in your head deceive you. Those lies from Satan, don't let those lies from Satan deceive you. Those people that once knew you, that don't want to acknowledge that you've grown, that you've changed, tell them, I'm new. It's Jesus. You're like, but I don't know how to prove it. Don't. Don't prove it. Our goal this week is to live. I am not a sinner. Therefore, I live. They add to your sentence. I am not a sinner. Therefore, I live. How does a disciple live? Look at this. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices, great word to study. Whoever practices righteousness is what? Righteous. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous. It's not a future goal. It's not a five-year plan. It is present day right now. You're like, but I don't practice well. It doesn't have a degree of practice, does it? Isn't that great? There isn't a start or end. It's a as you are where you are. Are you practicing 1%? Then congratulations, you're righteous. That's cool. You're like, I would not label myself righteous. That's okay. Last week, you would have labeled yourself a sinner. So congratulations, we're moving on up. Are you practicing righteousness? Righteousness. As you are where you are, with the strength that you have by faith, by faith, you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. By faith, God the Father gave you his spirit. By faith, we practice righteousness. And in our faith, we practice righteousness as we are where we are with the strength that is in us. And we are therefore righteous. That's power. That's power. And there's no room for pride there, is there? Because you're so busy being in awe. Who am I to be righteous? Oh, I'm not a sinner. Okay. <laughs> and you get all giggy. G- giddy. That's giddy and giggly together. Giggy. <laughs> Welcome to Women Inseparable. We create words. <sighs> Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as who? As Jesus is righteous, do you have goosebumps everywhere? We're not going to see who we fully are until we see who he fully is in front of us. But we have a glimpse of who he is because of who we are. How big is that sentence? We are the likeness of God. We are the likeness of God. We are made in the likeness of God. We are right now. That girl in your chair right now is the likeness of God. And that likeness is righteous. Anybody else want to just stop right there? Wrap our heads around that. If you're anything like me, which I have a feeling you are because we're female, we have labels that we put on ourselves We look in the mirror and we have external things that we say about ourselves. We sit in our own company and we have internal things that we say about ourselves. We sit with other humans that have things to say about us. Let no one deceive you. You don't let you deceive you. Tell yourself, shut up. Don't listen to the deceptions that are all around us that we're used to listening. The truth of the matter is you are not a sinner. You are righteous. You are righteous. How righteous are you? Jesus. And that's not blasphemy, that's awe. That's your likeness. This is what the disciples were wrapping their heads around. The disciples lived this. They lived this. And John gets to proclaim this and say, Live this. This is John's call to us. Live this. Do you see this? I learned this. And now I'm asking you to learn this. Why do we need to learn this? Why do we need to learn this? Because we're disciples. What do disciples do? Tell others about the name of Jesus Christ. If we can learn who we are, if we can begin to even wrap our, our heads around a little bit of who we are in the likeness of God, then our boldness gets stronger. Our confidence grows and we can therefore now go to those people and say, I don't have all the answers, but I do know this. I once was a sinner, but I'm not anymore. Father God, I'm not done teaching. <laughs> I want to say so much more, but Holy Spirit, you spoke, you spoke power today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will continue to speak in each and every one of our hearts this week. And I pray that as we sit with First John or whatever passage it is that you are laying on every single heart, I pray that you will speak your truth from your scripture to that girl's heart this week. Even I pray that you will speak that truth on our heart this very moment. We are created in your likeness and we are a disciple. Those are statements that are almost, they're they're so grand. You've given us the gift of salvation and you've always, you've given us the gift of, of position. Father God is your daughter. Jesus is your sister. Spirit is the very place in which you dwell. We get to be the light of the world. We get to be the disciple. We get to be the same as the men that you chose to turn the world right side up and you allow us to live in this world that's so dark and so hungry and you get to call us to be disciples to the world in which we live. Oh, Father God, I pray that you'll help us to see who we are so that we can go and tell the world who you are. Oh, you're so good. You're so good. And in the name of Jesus, we cast all our praise before you. Amen. We're so glad you joined us today. If you need prayer or simply have questions, email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.